Thank you so much for listening to Voices of Grace. I'm Ryan Peterson. I'm with the communications team here at Grace Community Church, and our goal with each and every episode is to profile followers of Jesus who are on mission and showing Jesus' love to others. Now, it has been a while since we recorded our last episode, but I'm so excited to get started again this year and share even more testimonies about what God is doing within the people of grace and that people that we're connected with. Today I'm actually joined by a friend of mine and someone that served in a multitude of ways at Grace Community Church. I'd like to welcome Dr. David Johnson. David, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Ryan. It's a joy to be here. I always enjoy our conversations, so I'm excited for people to get to hear some of your story today. Um, First, before we get into all the ways that you have served God and been missional. Uh, let's let's let people know a little bit about you. Where did you grow up? Um, I know you came to know Christ at an early age, but give us a little background on your story. So my father was in the military. He served in World War II, Korea and Vietnam, and we moved around every four or five years. I was born in San Antonio and raised in the Midwest. Uh, we did not get to go out of the country. Uh, I think my mother did not want to take six children out of the country. Understandable. <laughs> so my parents um, somewhat emphasized church, and my brothers and, and siblings uh, emphasized church, so we always attended church. And uh, I lived in San Antonio, Lubbock, Little Rock, Wichita, different places in the Midwest, which was a very conservative area of the country. Um, I came to Christ at an early age, maybe seven or eight, through the ministry of our pastor in Fort Smith, Arkansas, he uh, preached that there was definitely law and gospel, and uh, that the law, that I was a sinner, necessitated my need for a Savior. And that convicted me at that age. I'd heard the Bible stories for years, but it really never applied personally to me. And so I think at age about eight, I made a decision that I did not want to live eternity without being in God's presence, and that I understood that Jesus was the way that I could be received into God's presence through his sacrifice, and uh, that he was the only way to salvation. So in previous conversations we had, I know, like in high school, you loved church, you say you loved music, um, you loved sports, which we we share a connection there, I love sports, Um, but at what point did you start thinking about medicine and and being a doctor and all that would entail like was there was there a time in your life where you remember it just like that god started pointing you in that direction yes i think a big part of it was my connection through music and the church our youth director and our minister of music uh, really drew me into the church into relationships in the church and that's when my spiritual growth really started um i knew some physicians but i didn't know anything about medicine my oldest brother was an aeronautical engineer, but at that time they had difficulty getting jobs, and I thought that would not be good to train all that time and not be able to get a job. So through the emphasis of meeting people's needs and the love for science, uh, it really drew me to the thinking that I would like to maybe consider medicine or teaching or coaching, some way I could impact people in a personal level. So when you when you decided, because you became a doctor, a lung doctor in critical care, uh, through that process, was it was it more about you were doing it to serve God? Because I don't know that I mean, yes. most doctors I've heard I don't think that's the reason that they I hear they went into medicine. 
Yes. I think my love for people that God gave me. Yeah. It wasn't innate, but God gave me that love for people and a desire to meet them where they were hurting. And, um, you know, the scripture that says, don't just tell someone, go and be fed, go and be healthy, but actually do something to help them personally. And I felt that medicine was a way to do that on an individual level, uh, not to change the world, but just to meet people where they were hurting. I went into lung medicine and critical care because I really enjoyed the challenge of the uh, the sickest patients. Uh, not that that's more important than any other practice of medicine, but it was just a personal challenge for me. I thought the physiology, the pathophysiology was fascinating. I liked the uh, procedural aspect of critical care medicine and lung medicine, plus the variety of cancer, COPD, asthma, infectious disease. Uh, all those things were very interesting to me. And then, of course, later, um, sleep medicine came along and exercise medicine. So all of those things were very interesting and challenging to me. And I loved practicing medicine. I've heard in some other interviews and talking uh, in terms of talking about the intersecting of science and medicine with God, um, how how has being a doctor changed your perspective uh, in terms of of being a follower of Christ and seeing the tr- we we say awesome I think too much but in terms of God God is awesome right so how has that changed being a doctor seeing medicine but working hand in hand I guess with the Holy Spirit. Um, how has that changed your perspective, or um, maybe even differently from the secular world of medicine? Yes, someone said a long time ago, a little science leads person away from God, and more science leads them back to God. I believe that everything I learned on the path to becoming a physician and practicing medicine drew me closer to God just because of the complexity of the physiology, the complexity of the Uh, anatomy, the complexity of all the integrated systems. Uh, Douglas Axe wrote a book called Undeniable in which he said complex systems occurring at random are so improbable as to be impossible. And that's the way I view the integration of all of the systems of the body, the mind, and the spirit is that they were so complex, there was no way randomness could occur could accomplish any of this. My colleagues, many of them, um, don't believe that, and it was always a challenge to have those conversations with them and and ask them how they came to those conclusions. Many times they didn't have an answer, but I tried to gently help them understand that complexity, being so integrated, was from the mind of God. And uh, it's a, it's a challenge to present that to people, but hopefully it does lead them to deeper thinking. Was it hard for you um, if you had a patient that the outlook was really was really bleak? Um, does that take a toll on you uh, in terms of? I, I would think being human. I mean, that has to be hard when you're. I mean, you're you're not helping people that that are okay, right? I mean, you're you're helping people that are that are sick. How tough was that? And emotionally. How hard is that as a follower of Christ? I think early on I came to a place of understanding that if I could not, in my compassion, also have some boundaries, that I would be totally 
depleted of the ability to help them emotionally, physically, and that I was not responsible totally for the outcome. I took seriously the responsibilities that I had, but I prayed daily for myself, for wisdom, for guidance. I prayed for my patients that they would respond in the way that God thought was best. You know, many times in the Bible we see people praying for things, and sometimes they get them and things don't turn out well. So my approach to medicine is that I absolutely trust God's sovereignty. Um, And when people are critically ill or facing serious illness of any kind, whether it's life-threatening or not, they're vulnerable to those conversations about eternity. And I would try to point people to eternity. Mm. Are you at peace with God? How's this disease process affecting you? Is it is it making you rethink your spiritual place in life? So those were also always opportunities. That was kind of my mission field. And uh, I took it seriously. Some people are open to those conversations. Some are not. And uh, you, you have to be gentle about that. So you have done missional trips. Uh, you told me you've been to Israel, correct, to do medical care. Uh, yes, there's a ministry out of uh, Port Mercy, Louisiana, down by Lake Charles, okay. called Friendships. And they um, joined Israel in the Syrian war in putting a camp up in northern Israel by the Golan Heights for Syrian refugees for food for clothing, for some medical care. They built a camp, and uh, but they would not staff it with Israelis because it was too dangerous. So they, even though we felt safe, uh, there were about 15 of us at a time for a couple of weeks at a time that would minister to these refugees. And uh, it was a blessing to see how God worked in those situations. We didn't proselytize, but they knew we were Christians, and mm-hmm. they knew that we were there to show them the love of God. And so through that process, hopefully, the Lord will continue to work, and uh, the church in Syria is growing. Yeah, it's it's amazing how it is growing there. You also, though, this past year, you went to Africa. I know uh, you've helped with Bethesda so many times. How important is being missional, whether it's here in Tyler or flying over to Africa? How, Why and how important is being missional to you? Well, I retired from practicing medicine, and this has provided me some extra opportunities to to do those things. And Bethesda is such a great ministry to the local community. I want to stay involved with the local community, and I love practicing medicine, so it gives me the opportunity to do both. Uh, The people there are wonderful, the Englishes uh, who run it, and all the patients are very receptive and appreciative. So it's a great ministry, and I enjoy participating in that. Uh, the trip to Kenya and then an upcoming trip this year provide me the opportunity to to support the people that are in missions for long term. Uh, I can't do what they do, but I can try to be an encouragement to them and let them know that we care about them and that we're partnering with them to assist them in what they're doing uh, for the long time. And I think God calls us to serve where we can and uh, when we have an opportunity to get out of our comfort zone, Uh, whether it's to travel to another country, see another culture. I think it it helps us understand the church is bigger than what we appreciate just in our local community. Do you have any, and it's probably not fair for me to put you on the spot like this, but do you have a great memory or story 
um, in, in any of these cases, or whether it was Bethesda or, or when you went to Israel or uh, when you went this last trip to Kenya, that really stood out and sticks with you just about the awesomeness of God. Yes, to see the uh, Lighthouse for Christ and how they've worked effectively over the past 50 years was amazing. And to be a part of helping to build a local structure for a church that they had planted, the just the joy of the people there who, although they were very um, poor physically, they had such joy, and the local pastors were so appreciative of everyone supporting them. That was a, a time of encouragement for me, and it really made me glad that I went because um, I realized that I need to be praying for all of my brothers and sisters in Christ, and that was just a real encouragement to me. So you're a successful doctor, you love the Lord, uh, you've been missional, but that hasn't meant that life has been easy um, and, you know, only with what you're comfortable sharing in terms of going through the peaks and valleys, how has God, because I think, you know, so many times people think, oh, well, if I find Jesus, like everything's going to be great. Like there's not, it's going to be nothing but highs, but so much of the Christian life is that God is going to carry you through those lows. And despite your professional success, you have had some hardships in your personal life. How has God gotten you through that? I think the thing I appreciate so much about the Lord is his compassion and faithfulness. Um, I have gone through a couple of divorces. I have failed in many ways in my life, but God has always been faithful and compassionate to draw me to him. Some of the issues I've created, some of the issues others have created, but regardless of the cause, God has never changed. God is always faithful. I've never blamed God for any of my problems. I have been so grateful that he's been there uh, for me to find strength, to find a strong tower to encourage me. And it's drawn me deeper in dependence on him. Um, we're all desperate. We're all desperate for God. And once we understand that, it brings us to a point of humility. So my greatest desire is to please him um, I'm not who I am because of my failures. I am who I am because of who I am in Christ. And we're all broken people in many different ways, whether it's personally, relationally, so many different ways that we have struggles. Uh, sometimes it's through bad health. And I look at people who other people who struggle and say, you know, how can I be an encouragement to them? Maybe through some of my failures I can relate to their struggles and hopefully point them to a deeper faith in God. So, you know, relational things are still an issue and, and with some of my children, and that has um, brought me to a point of humility and total dependence on God. So speaking speaking of that, um, one of the things that you've been very—you you talk to him about it every time I see you, it seems like, is Hope Line. Could you kind of— Explain to everybody what Hopeline is, uh, why you have such a passion for it, and how you got connected. Yeah, the Hopeline, <clears throat> you have to put the V in front of it. The Hopeline was started by Dawson McAllister, who was a traveling youth pastor who had big conferences. He also had call-in telephone, uh, telephone and radio shows 
where he would answer young people's questions. Once the digital world started, Dawson went digital. And though he's passed, the the mission continues to rescue young people who are in crisis. His motto is to bring people from crisis to Christ. His focus group was age 13 to 29. The Hope Line reaches internationally about 2 to 3 million young people a year. And we do suicide interventions. We do crisis counseling. We have trained Hope counselors. And so when kids are looking for answers to their problems, the digital algorithms get them to the Hope Line where the counselors can meet them where they are. And God has been faithful to expand the niche that we are in. Uh, We do about 100 to 150 suicide interventions a month. Young people are coming to Christ anywhere from 100 to 120 a month. Then we get them attached to local resources, connected with local ministries, and we continue to pray for them with teams of prayer partners So we are so grateful to be able to reach young people in crisis, whatever their problem. And uh, when people are in crisis, they're vulnerable. And the young people today are in crisis. There's so many anxieties, depressions that are pretty ubiquitous that uh, young people are looking for answers. And uh, God is there to provide those answers. Why are you so passionate about it? Because I I feel like I think we— as a society, don't realize how big of an issue this is um, in terms of whether it's mental health or kid, you know, young people dealing dealing with uh, with hurt and pain and hopelessness. So, I mean, why has this fire been stirred in your heart? I got involved with the Hope Line through issues that my own children were having with stress, anxiety, depression, uh, I'm not sure they were suicidal, but they were having issues that were pretty serious. So I started looking for answers, and that led me, the Holy Spirit led me to Dawson up in Nashville, and he said, come up and have dinner, we'll talk. And through learning about their ministry, God just really touched my heart to get involved in a personal way, and uh, they've increased my activity in that ministry through the years. I've now been on the board for several years and get to see the bigger picture and uh, help in some way um, guide the ministry through through where we're going for future. And God's providing uh, many avenues for us to work, and we're just so grateful that young people have a place to get answers and uh, to to get encouragement and hope in their time of crisis. What advice would you give to someone if they're listening to this and they're the one struggling, or maybe it's a parent or a loved one, and they they see someone, whether it's a child or them, that's really struggling? Uh, maybe they're they're scared to go for help. Maybe they just feel hopeless. Um, what would you tell them? What what advice would you give them? Well, of course, first is to pray and to try to understand why the child or the young person is struggling, whether it's sexuality, whether it's personality, whether it's family issues, and then point them to resources, whether it's local counseling services. Uh, Of course, the church is a great resource, but also the Hope Line provides anonymity. It's free, and it's a great place to get information as well as um, crisis 
counseling from the Hope Coaches. And if someone wants more information um, on Hope Line, where sh- on the Hope Line, where should they go? Uh, thehopeline.com. Okay. Thehopeline.com is a great place for resources. And again, it's free, it's anonymous, and uh, we have many, many partners who we can refer people to. Well, David, um, I really appreciate your, your time and just uh, all that you've done just missionally and really being uh, a disciple, um, all that you've done as a doctor, but then also just uh, as a man of God. But And I appreciate your friendship, and I really appreciate your time today. Thank you, Ryan. Well, thank you so much for listening today, and we will have uh, many more interviews coming up this year. Uh, sorry we took the break, but uh, we're glad to be back and sharing more stories uh, of people with grace and connected with grace uh, serving Jesus. Well, thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm Ryan Peterson. This has been Voices of Grace.